Joan Breibard here, Body Conversations. This is episode 25 and it's September 1, 2022 and the episode is Thank You, The New York Post. So I want to begin with a little background and maybe people are unaware of this because they don't follow it as closely as I do, but the media has been very happy covering COVID. I mean, this has been just a bonanza for them. There's just so much to report on. And the good thing about COVID for them is that there's no PC issue involved and you know, so that it's, they're comfortable with it and they don't have to reflect on all the statistics and the diets and the exercises they've published since you know, the 60s which have obviously all failed, and so now we have an obesity epidemic. But when they deal with COVID, it's all new, and there's no finger pointing, or not at the majority of people, and certainly not at themselves, which is the most important thing. But not the New York Post. The New York Post just is right on the subject. You know, they are going, they're not afraid to deal with it. And recently, it's been funny and also, uh, of course, enlightening. So uh, about a week ago, people forwarded me Cindy Adams' column. Of course, I, I know her column well. And she had um, decided to take a vacation in Maine. And she'd never been there, but she's been to almost every country in the world. So she's more traveled than 99% of people. But anyway, she's in New York and she decides to go up to Maine. She's invited. And uh, she writes this really funny column. Um, the people in Maine didn't think so, but apparently New Yorkers did. And it starts with um, a sentence here. Realtors could establish an entire campsite on the average ass, wrote Adams in her column in the Post, recounting her recent summer vacation in Maine. The city slicker socialite, who has written her gossip column for the Post since 1979, wrote that Maine was polite, friendly, inexpensive, and loaded with locals whose behinds overlapped the state of Texas, all stuffed into shorts. So, of course, it was somewhat funny, but it was indicative, really, of what happens when people actually look so then they can see. And typical of Manhattanites is that they don't look. They're here, they don't look, they think that everything they don't like is somewhere else. And certainly obesity is not here, but you know, obviously if they did look, they would find it's here, it's everywhere. It's not Maine, it's everywhere. And because she decides to look, because she's going to a new place, she finds something she doesn't want to see. Another uh, column that the New York Post published, this was in May, that was so on PC, was from Douglas Murray. He's British, writes for the Post and other um, very good publications, and he's published uh, many books, and two recent ones, The Madness of Crowds and The War Against the West, have been bestsellers, New York Times bestsellers. Anyway, he's pretty clear that cancel culture is stupid and this PC stuff is phony and whatever. So he picked up on Cosmopolitan Magazine glorifying being fat. It's fun to be fat, right? And then 
I mean, we, we all can remember because it's not that long ago when people would decry fatness and then we moved into fat acceptance. And now, of course, that's not good enough. We're going into glorifying it, right? There's, there is a tribe I've heard of in Africa where they take nubile women and put them in cages and force feed them because they'll get the highest price as a bride. So, um, of course, we're not doing that here, but it is interesting and maybe relevant to this celebration of fat. But again, this is the failure to connect the dots because people uh, of this size are, they're contributing too much to global warming, using up too many resources um, every time they have to be moved whether it's a car, bus, airplane, it more uh, gas has to be consumed and um, air conditioning has to be roaring because they're obviously hot. So there's more to it than just saying uh, it's fine to have fat thighs. Anyway, so uh, back to this column and um, then he points out that this is absurd, this glorification, but to make it really clear, he says nearly 80% of Americans who were hospitalized with COVID were obese. Now, apparently, since it started, 7 million, maybe more, have been hospitalized. So that's a lot of people, and it's a lot of people who um, are obese. And then, as we know, and this has not been covered up, um, that probably about you know, 800,000 of the deaths, uh, and there are about a million, of course now there are more, it's 500 people die every day still, um, were people who were uh, waistline challenged. And that's what I wanna bring up now, that's, that's sort of the purpose of this. We have to get rid of this word obese, fat, overweight, Constantly, the media is picking up that so-and-so or people are overweight. Yes, if you should weigh by your ideal body weight using the ham weight, not the BMI, which is fraudulent, but the, um, the measure that used to be used until the CDC got rid of it because it was not permissive. If you use that and you're 30 pounds more, um, a five foot six, inch woman, woman, not man, would be then obese at 160. But of course the BMI says, no, no, you're not obese. You're fine, you're great, you're terrific um, until you get to 186 and then you're just a little bit obese. But anyway, so telling people they're fine when they're not and then they get COVID and then they have to be hospitalized and then some of them die, that's not the, the kind of reporting that um, is going to be helpful and that's coming out of the CDC with their very um, permissive standards. So one of the interesting things about this article that the Post did publish from Douglas Murray was that he quoted the, the figure, the 40% figure of obesity. It's just been raised to 41 but regardless it's wrong, it's totally wrong, it's 60 or more, maybe it's 65. And you know, if you point out how many people died, what would have to be more than um, just 40%. So um, 
So they published this, and again, this is inflammatory. Recently, they just published last week this uh, situation where the uh, CDC is going to, of course, now blame it on exercise, and the statistic is that only 25% of the American public uh, will exercise the, the required 150 minutes a week. And why are they going to exercise or do they need to or why is it important? Of course, it's just calorie burning because if you look at these bodies, these overweight bodies, and obviously if you should weigh 130 and you weigh 230, you are overweight, right? <laughs> you're significantly overweight. Anyway, you're supposed to do this exercise so you can torch these calories, but keep, you know, keep eating, keep buying, keep shopping, do all the things you're supposed to do as an American consumer. So you look at that figure and you think that the exercise business makes trillions and you have to wonder about it. Is it correct or is it just that what we've done as a result of this wonderful wellness journey is to drive people into extremes and it's true there are people that are exercising two and three hours a day you know if that number of which is apparently 25 percent if it, they could just you know hand off some of that to the rest of the people it would be fine but of course that's not possible anyway what i'm saying is we have these exercise junkies and they're not going to end up with better bodies for sure and then we have people who apparently don't get up to the 150. Um, nobody asks, what is the quality of the exercise that you're doing, whether it's 150 minutes a week or only 100? Nobody wants to hear that. You know, it's, nobody wants to look at the bodies and think, what should a person whose waistline, some woman whose waistline is 39 inches, the average waist in America for women, what should that woman be doing for exercise, right? So recently I was shown a video of Lizzo doing an extreme strenuous exercise and you know what she looks like and I thought, why? Why is she doing that? It's, it's just going to raise cortisol, you know, more free radicals, unbalance the body more. Think of the knees, the little knees, the, the ankles, the feet. I don't want to look at it. So. That was the one that they just did on exercise. And then the other one, which is extremely interesting, of course, and this comes up all the time, is people saying that the medical profession is shaming. They're shaming fat people. And of course, this is completely bogus because it's well known that the majority of nurses and interns and orderlies and all the people working in hospitals, one of the most difficult jobs, those people are all overweight, obese, right? So how are the people that's, the woman who's weighing you, who's 45 pounds more than she should be, she's going to be shaming you? No. What we really know is that the shame comes from your, the person's shame. They're, they're ashamed because this is gluttony and gluttony is one of the seven deadly sins, also sloth. So it makes people uncomfortable because they know the truth so they have to then project it onto someone else throw it over to someone else and this is not going to get us anywhere i mean um i had a photo that i saw during the middle of covid I, it was a major hospital in boston big prestigious hospital 
and there was a long line of nurses in their blue pajama-like outfits waiting to uh, move into their uh, station. And they were all obese, right? And they were, you know, working under the huge stress of this uh, virus. But so that's, again, so it's published because everyone has to keep bringing it up. I guess it's like offsets the un-PC stuff that Cindy Adams is writing. But regardless, um, it's not helping. But the New York Post is doing a job. They're doing a good job. They're, they're sticking to uh, this subject. They're not walking away because you can't walk away from it. it it's pretty clear it's going to explode. And you know that because the new head of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, has just apologized, big apology about the CDC and COVID. And um, it was really funny to read it because she was brought in to deal with the fact that everything we find out about the CDC and COVID is that they messed up. I mean, there's millions of dosages of virus vaccine that has thrown out because they're weren't used or something's wrong with them or whatever. We, you know, we didn't have the masks. We were told not to wear masks. I mean, on and on and on. So they bring in this new person, a doctor, and then we find out that the apology is about overhauling it and that we have to be ready for monkeypox. Not one word about the obesity, not one word. I mean, it's you look and you think, is she purposely, of course I believe she's purposely avoiding him because she's been told by the people since she just got there, she just found her office, that this is gonna explode. And I know this um, personally because I've always phoned the um, CDC and asked them for information which they have to give because our tax dollars support the people there and I'm a taxpayer, right? And now, uh, and I've had two contacts in the past month, it's the sense of doom that's there. It's the feeling that the shoe is about to drop. I asked them about waistline circumference statistics. Of course, they don't have them. Anyway, what I'm proposing here, and they'll obviously other people will comment, is that we get rid of these words um, that are, you know, normal, underweight, that's nobody um, and um, overweight and obese and morbidly get rid of this they mean nothing no one knows even know what anybody is it's basically we go with what the World Health Organization has said again and again forget BMI forget these weight numbers it's only waistline circumference and so um, let's think of a nice word like wasted W-A-I-S-T-E-D, which is a title of something that I'm working on. At any rate, um, it's simple then. And everybody knows, everybody can tell, everyone has a tape measure. Um, if they don't, they can take their bathrobe tie and then measure it and they'll know. So for women, World Health Organization, and this is for Americans, 35, you're uh, in trouble. And for men, they're saying 40. Now, I don't know why they say that. Men don't get pregnant, it should be less. In Japan, which established this in 2008, um, 
men and women, I think, are 35, though maybe men are 34 even, but whatever. We just have to get a number because whether that number is a bit permissive, at least it's focusing our eye on what the issue is. And when you have that waistline, you probably have visceral fat because we now know that it doesn't matter if you have fat thighs or a big ass, it doesn't matter at all. It's basically what your waistline is, and that's an indication of visceral fat. But of course, then you really need a blood test to tell you all about the numbers and triglycerides and blood sugar and cholesterol and all that stuff, but that's easy. But that's why when people who are wasted, W-A-I-S-G-E-D, got COVID, they became very sick because this internalized fat is around your organs and it actually reduced lung capacity, which is pretty serious if you have a respiratory illness like COVID. So um, we need the media to start exposing the truth and changing the words so we can get on this subject and fix it and not sit here and be paralyzed because we know it's something that we avoided. It can't be another Afghanistan, though probably it is at this point, where we knew early on, probably after two years, that this wasn't going to work. But of course, we stayed for 20, or the whole thing with the drug war. I don't know if you know now that apparently Colombia and most of Latin America are talking about legalizing drugs that given up fighting it. And that's our problem here which is that we can never admit that we had an idea, we thought it was great, uh, it didn't work out, and you know we have to drop it because it's not gonna fix the problem. So that's it for now.